0: Hey guys, so I wanted to share with you a workshop that I did yesterday. This is in my podcasting bootcamp, but it was so good. And I know some of you may have signed up for the podcasting bootcamp, but even if you didn't, I wanted you to hear a part of what we talked about yesterday in the bootcamp, because this is so good for all of you to hear. I think podcasting is something that anyone could start. I think podcasting is something that no matter whether you have a jewelry business or a pet grooming business, or you're a painter, I think podcasting is such an incredible way for you to build an audience for you to build intimacy and for you to ultimately find a way to monetize your service, your product, your class, the retreats you host, whatever you do. So I wanted you guys to get in on this. And in case you want to join for the rest of it, I'm doing it live every day this week, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. You can join us live at kathyheller.com bootcamp. But I did want you to hear this piece from the live call that we did yesterday. Check it out. All right, so it's day two. We're talking about audience building, and I'm excited. I'm here for it. All right. First of all, I want to teach you something called pod fade. Okay. Who knows what pod fade is? Pod fade is. Say that fast. Who knows what pod fade is? Does anyone know? So pod fade is actually a term for a phenomenon that happens every time I say phenomenon. I think phenomenon. Do 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 do. Okay. So it is a term for over 70%. Listen to this. 70. I didn't say seven. Over 70% of the podcasts that people start become abandoned after seven or so episodes. So can we understand that if you do this thing called start a podcast and you actually get past seven or eight episodes and you stick to it, you you go all in and you just commit, then you are in the 30% of people who might actually be still standing Elton John because you stayed in it. Honest to God, like before I did this, I was a songwriter. I wrote music for shows like Grey's Anatomy and Pretty the Liars and Younger and whatever and whatever. And I used to talk to my songwriter friends; those of us who had our songs licensed to TV. And we'd be like, people would say to us, "How did you do it?" I'm like, I think because we just kept doing it. Because so many other songwriters gave up on songwriting, like they just stopped, right? But we were like, the odds are better if you actually are still there when everyone else is like pieced out. So when I started my podcast, you have to know this about me. My husband says that I have the will of a small country. Colleen, is it true? million percent
1: true. It might be an underestimate
0: to say that. (laughs) I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. Like I'm not going to be the best at it. I'm Not going to be the most perfect. I'm not, I might have the best hair when I do it, but no, one thing that is true about me is like, I'm going to do it. So I won't say I'm trying to start a podcast. None of that. I want none of that from these people who are here. If you're here and you're going to be my, my proud students at the end of this week, I don't want you saying, so I'm going to try to start a podcast. No, 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 no. You're going to say like, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing, watch this. I'm doing a podcast. Boom, boom. Can you feel the mic drop? Can you just feel the hair toss Lizzo? Can you feel it? That's where it's at. That's the energy. So I didn't expect, and here is the deal. Here is the Leo. I was not a straight A student. I know that's so surprising. I'm not. I was like C plus students, kind of embarrassing. Um, until college when I actually was like really good at school, but like high school, like whatever, grade school. So I don't expect, here's the deal. I don't expect myself to do perfect work. I really am a fan of the like done is better than perfect because the first podcast is going to be mediocre. Like, is that a big like shocker? Your first 10 podcasts, will they be the best ones you ever? No. I mean, the first 20 songs I wrote, were they my best songs? No, I wouldn't even let you hear those songs. No, I won't. No, I won't. No, no. Cause they weren't that good. Right. I heard Ed Sheeran, who I just love, um, talking about making creative work and he was talking about songwriting. That's what he does. You've all heard of Ed Sheeran, right? Okay. Maybe not my mom. That's okay. We'll explain it to her later. Um, So he talked about going to like a cabin in in Vermont and it's winter and what happens? No, one's been there. No, one's turned on the pipes. So when you turn on the faucet, what happens? What's the water look like? What's it looking like? Yeah. It's like yellow or Brown. Right. So do you like go, Oh my God, like Michael Scott. No, no, no. Do you do a Michael Scott? No, you just chill (laughs) and you keep running the water. And then in about, 29 seconds, the water is clear. Why? Because the water keeps running through the sludgy, yellow, brown stuff, and then everything's fine. Everything's cool, right? That's the deal with creative work. Please get this. Please get this. Like, in order for you to make beautiful things, you have to be willing. This is an important sentence. You have to be willing to make mediocre things first. Boom mic drop. I'm really, really, really serious that this might be the most important thing you learn. It just might be. You have to be willing to make mediocre things first. So most people are not. So that's what Podfade is about. It's about the fact that people can't tolerate not getting an immediate ROI, not getting a million downloads within the first seven episodes. So if you can hold on for one more day, Wilson Phillips, and you can stick with your podcast and just say, "I'm not trying to do it; like I'm doing it." Then you will do it. So I had that attitude, 100%. Once I came back from that day of not doing it, I was like, "I'm okay. I'm doing this." Then I was doing it, and then that was it. And I think it is really interesting because there is a lot of talk where people are like this sort of imposter syndrome right? How many times have you said, or have you heard one of your best friends say some version of you're not ready or you're not enough? We hear it a lot, right? I'm not enough. I'm not ready. We're like self-deprecating, self-doubt, right? Colleen shaking her head. She knows, she knows she's heard it. we we hear it from all our students. We have it ourselves, but here's the flip side of that. Where's the humility? Like for people who are so down on themselves, where's the humility of like, I'm willing to give this my time without an immediate ROI. Like I have to have the money and the the fame within seconds. How about, no, how about having some reverence? When, When was the last time we used that word for people who've mastered their craft? Like, why not like show up for your craft, right? Like, let's think about Fred Astaire. Let's think about Yo-Yo Ma. Let's think about John Williams. Let's think about Serena. Do you think there's not a day when Serena is like ready to cough up blood, like sitting there, like hitting those balls? Do you think Fred Astaire under his shoes, doesn't have banged up feet, right? There's something to be respected when people gave themselves the grace to keep at it. Right to keep at it was Joe Rogan from day one, who he is now, not even close. You guys, not even close. Like his stand up in early days, like it wasn't like, oh my god, he's the best, blah blah blah. It was like, no. And then the dude, the dude. I feel like you know the dude from the big lab, but like he's the dude, like he's just a dude. Like he is literally the every guy, right? And like now his podcast, I'm using him as an example, not because I, I mean, he's fine. He's not like my fave, but he's the number one podcast. That's why I'm bringing it up. The number one podcast, hundreds of millions of downloads a day. Okay. That is a person who's just like all in and then they're coming for me. They're coming. Okay. So is that a shift? It is because 70% or more of the people who start podcasts are not in it they're trying and then they're out. Okay. So that is the first and foremost. All right. Now let's talk about what we're going over today. We're going to talk about attracting your audience and then we're going to talk about growing your audience. Okay. So, and before I move on into this, Colleen, is there anything about those pieces that you want to just share about? I think you said it so beautifully, but the biggest thing to remember is
1: we're all going to hit like those dips or that self-doubt or what are people going to think of what I'm saying? All those things. And they can be there and you can still keep moving forward, right? They can just buckle up in the back seat, and you still get to be at the steering wheel. So just because they're there doesn't mean we don't move. They, we, we can kind of friend them, even if they're a bit of the annoying friend, they can still be there while you make things happen.
0: Yeah. I like, I really like that. Cause what you're saying is like, even if there's a part of you that's afraid or whatever, it's like my, my friend Heidi says, this, she's like, say to your fear or your self doubt or whatever part of you wants to give up, like, I see you, but you're not going to drive the car. Like you can be in the car, but you need to sit down and I'm driving the car. Right. Like just taking that sort of second to like acknowledge, but then my friend Ruth Sukup says, you, it's called do it scared. It's like, okay, a part of you is uncomfortable, but so what, right? Like that is the thing. Whenever I, I see someone who's successful and we just named a bunch of people, right? We talked about Serena, we talked about Fred Astaire, any, any person. I do think right away how much respect I have for their courage and their willingness to do something that was not perfect right away. Because remember when Serena started that Venus was the person that everybody was talking about and now nobody talks about her, right? But everybody, like Serena is like a word. It's like a a movement. It's like, right? But it wasn't, it wasn't just like that out the gate. All right. So let's talk about attracting listeners to the podcast. So you don't just launch your podcast. You work towards the launch. Okay. So let's talk about how we begin you're going to set a date on the calendar, a couple months, and then you're going to work backwards from there. So for instance, I launched my first podcast January of 2017, but do you think I started recording in January of 2017? Is that a yes or a no? I launched in 2017, January, but did I start recording in January? No, I didn't. I started recording in October which comes before (laughs) I started recording in 2016. Um, Yeah. Just to remind you, my daughter Maddie was born in September. I had this idea to start a podcast, like crazy person when I have a brand new baby and then two other toddlers. And I started recording in October. Why do you think I would do that? Why would I start recording in October? What's the benefit of starting the process in October? Who has an idea? Why would I start earlier? I feel like we're playing Jeopardy. Dee, 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 dee. I feel like that song is annoying though. Like I do feel like I bo- like don't like listening to it. Um, Cause you need to have a few recorded, Becky says, and ready to go so you don't get behind. That's correct. Yeah, that's true. And Kat said, hi Kat, to bank early shows. Yeah, Julie says to practice um, to launch with more than one episode, Nicole. Yeah. Those are all, those are all true. And also to start building the excitement because I want to attract an audience. So let me give you an example. When you have ever seen a movie, right? Like a Pixar movie, any movie, star Wars, anything that's coming out. I'm really excited because there's a movie coming out this weekend that I, it it's, it's like maybe my favorite piece of content, dear Evan Hansen. It was a Broadway show. I am completely obsessed with it. I flew to New York to see Ben Platt in his last week of the show run on Broadway. I've seen it three times. I'm, I'm just obsessed with it. So that movie is coming out. Well, when a movie comes out, right, just to think about it, like really to get this, does a movie just come out? Like does a movie just like show up in the box office or do you know about it ahead of time? You know about it (laughs) ahead of time. Like if the studio cares at all that people see the movie, they're going to talk about the movie before the movie comes out. In what ways are they going to talk about the movie? In what ways are they going to let you know about the movie? In what ways are they going to preview the movie? Let's talk about it. You're going to see previews, right? You're going to see trailers. You might see people from the movie being interviewed talking about the movie. You might see that they create an Instagram page for the movie. You might see what, depending on the movie, I don't think they're going to do this for, oh my God, I just made myself laugh before I even tell you in my mind, I'm laughing. Some movies, they might make toys like at McDonald's. And I'm just thinking, can you imagine the Dear Evan Hansen toys and Happy Meals? (laughs) Like (laughs) that made me laugh in my head. And I had a moment where I was already laughing to myself, but I hadn't even finished the sentence, but yes. There are some movies, if it's like a Star Wars movie or something more like for kids where maybe yeah, they would take like the Trolls characters and DreamWorks, I think it was DreamWorks, right? They would do a deal and license some of the toys. But why? It's all to market it. It's, you think they really like are hoping that they have toys and Happy Meals? No, they're hoping that you see that at McDonald's and then you go, what's this? So this is coming out in some movie called Big Hero 7 or 9 or whatever it is. We should go. Okay, so how many of you would have thought to do that before you started a podcast? Be honest. Raise your hand if you're like, oh, I was going to do that. I was totally doing that. Yes or no? Probably the answer is no. Okay, so... You need to do that if you want to attract an audience or else you're going to have a movie. And this would be the same if it was any person's movie. Like even if it's Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, it doesn't matter if that person's movie just got put into the box office, not many people are coming to it. They don't know about it. Okay. So what's going to happen? So you're going to figure out right now, it's September 21st. So you might say, I'm going to take a page from Kathy's book and I'm going to, start my podcast in January. Fine. Whatever you want. You might want to start your podcast in November. You might want to start, I would say, give yourself six to eight weeks though. Okay. As a rule of thumb, but you could also start it next February, March, whatever you want, but six to eight weeks before I would start to talk about it, to promote it. What can you do? Well, all the things I just said, except for my making the McDonald's, um, Uh, toys for your podcast, you could probably do. So before we started a podcast, I created a Facebook group for the podcast. And you'd be like, well, that doesn't make sense. We don't even have it. It's like, no, that makes perfect sense because This conversation about what the topic is, I want to start to have. And I want to start to get people enrolled in the conversation, enrolled in the discussion. And so we created a Facebook group called Don't Keep Your Day Job, which is the same name as the podcast. Oh my God. And I started asking people questions like, if you could switch places with someone who had your dream job, what would it be? If you had to ask a question, about how you could quit your job, what would it be? And then I didn't just ask those questions. I decided to go live in that Facebook group. And guess what? People didn't even need a podcast yet to still be kind of interested in having that conversation. And so we started a tiny little community. And yeah, it started tiny, but then it started to grow. And before the podcast came out, there were a few hundred people now having a conversation. So that's at least a good thing. What else did I do? I recorded a two minute little tr- like trailer, like a, like a nothing. I used my phone and I was like, Hey, this is Kathy Heller coming soon as a podcast called don't keep your day job. We're going to talk about how do you do this thing called find your dream job. And then once you have an idea of what it is, how do you actually make that happen in real life? We're going to talk to people who've done their dream jobs. We're going to talk about all the ways that we can you know, figure it out, find it, blah, 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 blah. It was like a no brainer. And again, I'm a really big fan of being a C student because the A students, they don't get things done. It's like they wait so long so that it's perfect. And then the execution is just, it just takes forever. And so we put out a teaser and why was that helpful? Because you can put the teaser, you can put a trailer up on Apple Podcasts, You can put a trailer up on Spotify and you can say, We're going to start dropping podcast episodes consistently starting January 2022 or whatever it is. And then people are like, cool, this is coming. So then you can send the link to that little snippet to your friends, to your peers, to people who are in that. Let's say you do start a Facebook group and say, hey, it'd mean a lot to me if you go ahead and subscribe. And guess what else they can do? They can already leave a review. They can review it and say, I'm so happy this is going to start. I'm so excited about this because it doesn't really matter. What matters is that the more people leave reviews, the more that actually starts to build the algorithm. It actually starts to build the awareness of that podcast. So I'm going to stop for a second and, and, and go to Colleen and see if she has anything to say. But I also, I'm going to stop because I just gave you a ton of really good gems and we're not even close to done. We have a lot more to cover, but I want you to take a second to absorb that. Okay. Those are some really important pieces. Colleen, is there anything else that you're thinking about that maybe I missed?
1: I just really want to draw everyone's attention back to when Kathy was talking about having her initial Facebook group and doing that for a couple of months, she's like, well, we had like two or 300 people in it by the time my podcast launched. And so I really want you to remember that that's how it starts, right? She's now 24 million downloads. But when she started out after two or three months, she only had a couple hundred people in her Facebook group. And so it's okay for it to be one beautiful soul at a time that finds you. And as you grow and the momentum will snowball. Okay. It will snowball, but You have to trust that by continuing to show up and share and just be present and be curious and be connecting with people, that it's going to continue to grow as you go.
0: Yeah. And Grow As You Go is a Ben Platt song. So it all just tied in so nicely. And Ben Platt is the star of Dear Evan Hansen. And when I tell you I'm obsessed, it's probably borderline bad news. Like, totally obsessed. And um, it's okay it's all right. We'll just deal with that privately over here. Um, So you guys are getting it. Someone just asked a question and said, was that Facebook group private? And the answer is yes. Yes, it was. Because it's really, it's really a cool thing. And we can talk about There's so many things we can go into more depth about, but really quickly, it's a good idea to keep it a private Facebook group so that people can feel comfortable, like, you know, expressing to a group of people that's curated, but also for you, you can then ask people questions when they're coming into your group, right? uh, The the groups on Facebook let you, allow you to ask questions, which just helps you to, it helps you to get it, get to know the people who are coming in, which is really helpful. It also can help you build your email list because you can ask people if they're willing to give their email address to you and, and you can then ask them if they're willing to be sent an email and, and that's a nice thing too, right? Then your, your group also builds your list and we can talk about list building. There's. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> We're going to talk about as much as we can over these few days. And remember, I am coming back Thursday with two special guests and I am going to be on Zoom with you guys on Friday, but we will be streaming in here. So if you want to watch from here, great. But the first thousand of you will get to join us on Zoom, which will be fun. Okay. So now let's go a little bit deeper. There are six different ways that we, we can think of based on everything that we've ever experienced or known. There are six ways to promote your podcast and to find the listeners. I'm going to read you this list and then we're going to go into a little bit more detail on one of them because I just don't have the time to go into detail on every single one of them, but I want to go into one of them a little bit deeper so you can get some more juice. So number one, how do you promote your podcast and find listeners? Here's a good one go on other people's podcasts, okay? And if you research the data, the reason why that is so key is because podcast listeners have a tendency to listen to other podcasts. So they're already listening to podcasts. They're like, that's their thing. They're in that rhythm. They like to go on their walk. They need something to listen to. Just like if you're, how often do you hear people saying, I I, I'm done. I'm done with my show on Netflix. I need another one. I need another one, right? They're, they're kind of in their groove and then they get bummed. I mean, God help me. Like the last time the morning show came out, which was the first season, I, I tend to binge right. Dead to me. I, I binged and I don't like that because then I lose out on my thing that I'm getting. I get in my routine. I get my like little coffee cup and I sit down with my like Barefoot Dreams blanket. I like, oh, it's like literally euphoria when I have a good show to watch, but then when I'm done with my show, I'm so bummed because now I don't have my routine. So when you get into that thing, you get into the groove, boy. You got to You're like you sang better yesterday. I know, but Madonna, the range is down here. I'm not going to be able to belt that out for you. The thing about it is, when you're getting in your groove and someone's listening to a podcast, they need to find you. And then they're going to listen to you too. Okay. So go on each other's podcasts. And we're going to talk a little bit more today about why it doesn't matter. And actually it's probably better for you to go on someone's podcast who has a small following, just note to self. We're going to talk about that more later, but you want to go on other people's shows and have them come on yours. So you can do podcast swaps. Um, Another way to promote your podcast is to invite guests on your podcast. And again, it doesn't matter if the person is Ralph. I just thought of the example of Ralph Macchio. I just literally said it doesn't matter if the person's Ralph Macchio or the neighbor next door, as if Ralph Macchio is the famous person of the hour. That is dated. That is a thirty-five-year-old reference. Why am I saying that? But yeah, Cobra Kai. People like it. My my friend's husband makes that show. It's actually great. The point is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that whether you have your local dentist on your podcast, or you do have Ralph Macchio on your podcast, those people have a little bit of their own audience. They have friends, they have family, and they're going to promote that to their own spaces. So that's another way that those people having a guest does get you in front of a new audience. Um, We talked about doing podcast swapping, right? So you go on people's podcasts, you have guests on yours, you you swap. Posting about it on social media. I'm going to go deeper with you guys on social media today. So let me finish this list. And then I'm going to go into that. Number five is find Facebook groups and talk about your podcast. What does that mean? Well, there's so many Facebook groups now about so many different topics, right? That's, what's really cool. I mean, we can all poo poo social media. You can, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to just like, hate, 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 hate hate it. But there's like a thousand reasons to love it. And one of those reasons is that There are so many groups that are already self-identified and self-selected as like, these are the people who love gardening. And these are the people who love to talk about entrepreneurship. And these are the women entrepreneurs that want to talk about just, you know, like, so you can go be a part of those groups and find the people who already are talking about the thing that they that, that would lead them to want to talk about your podcast. Um, and then you can also do a giveaway, right? For sharing about your podcast. So we did that early on. We did we did giveaways and stuff like that, where I would do like some kind of a little post and I would say, hey, you know, like if you tag a friend or if you talk about this, you know, and, and bring someone else into this Facebook group, uh, by the end of, you know, the week, I'm going to choose three of you who said that you did it And I'll give something away. All right. Let's go a little bit deeper into the the social media piece. Okay. Let's go a little bit deeper into social media piece. So I picked that one to go deeper into because I've done the research with my own audience. Right. And I know that that's the thing people are always like most excited to learn is Instagram. So let's talk about Instagram just for a second. Right. There's so much that we could cover. There's so many things. Let's just talk about Instagram a little bit. So there is an algorithm, right? There's an algorithm. And we're going to talk more today about how important it is for you to grow an engaged, connected audience and how important it is for you to really make um, the kind of connection with someone that's, so, that, that's such a satisfying experience that they just can't help it. They have to go share about you or share about what you're doing and I want you to really listen as I take you on this journey. So, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about how to create an engaged audience right now. And then I'm going to go deeper into how you can use this on social media, on Instagram specifically, okay? So, and by the way, yesterday we sent you a workbook after this with all of these notes. So, We're sending you a workbook today with a lot of these notes. So if you didn't catch all the things in that list, I just said, don't worry. We're going to send it to you. If you want to take notes right now, you can, but we're going to send you a workbook. Okay. So let's talk about building an engaged audience. And then let me circle back to the social media Instagram piece. Okay. Do you think it's better to have a hundred engaged fans or... 10,000 fans that are not so engaged. Really, which one do you think is better? Or which one do you think would serve the world more, serve you more, serve your business more? 100 really engaged fans or thousands not so engaged? So Lindsay said, engagement wins always. And Pamela said 100. Yeah. And you're right, but I'm going to be teaching you what I teach my students, what I teach my listeners, when they zig, you zag. When they zig, you zag. What do I mean? I mean, what people are going to say to you all the time is you need more followers. You need more people. People are so obsessed with that. They buy followers. That's the stupidest thing you can do because that's the opposite of engagement, right? So we need engagement. Let me see if I can help you understand this. So one of my mentors who has been on my podcast, I believe three times, his name is Seth Godin. He's wonderful. I mean, he's like a father to me. I just think the world of him. And he taught me, and he writes about this in his book, This is Marketing. He taught me about engagement. And I want to see if I can give you the example that he gave me. And I want to see if it hits you the way it hit me like a ton of bricks. Everybody, he said, thinks that they want to be Taylor Swift in terms of popularity. Like that's the gold standard. But he said, let's talk about comparing Taylor Swift to let's say the Grateful Dead. He said, Taylor Swift is somebody who has been on the top of the billboard charts multiple times. She's had the number one single multiple times. She sells out arenas, Madison Square Garden, Radio City Music Hall, the Greek Theater, Hollywood Bowl, right? Yep. He said, let's talk about the Grateful Dead. How many times do you think the Grateful Dead were ever on the top of the charts? How many times do you think what what number do you think is the number of times they had the number one song? Take a guess. Okay, so I'm starting to see guesses, and it seems like you guys we're starting to get this. So Shelly said zero. Someone else guessed five. Lindsay said none. Trisha said very few. So the answer is not at all. Okay. The answer is they were not on the top of the charts. The answer is zero. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The people who love the Grateful Dead, they don't say that they bought a Grateful Dead album, do they? The people who like Taylor Swift or even love Taylor Swift might say to you, I've I've seen her in concert and I've bought like six of her albums, right? What do you think Grateful Dead fans or deadheads as they call them, what do you think they say? Do you think that they say that they've seen them in concert? Do you think that they say that they've bought maybe three or four records? They don't. The average deadhead says that they've seen 40 plus concerts. Many of them have seen hundreds of concerts. And typically they say something like, I have 58 of their records. I have this record, this vintage record. So let's look at this for a second. So there are people who have, who will say to you, like, I totally know who Taylor Swift is. I know her, I know her, right. I've, I've, I've been to a concert totally. And then you have people who are obsessed with the Grateful Dead or obsessed with fish, right. That's another one that comes to mind. Or like, I was obsessed with the Indigo Girls in high school and the same thing, like it was a badge of honor that with the Indigo Girls, like they were not on the top of the chart. They were not on the radio. But I went to every concert and I bought every record and I knew all the songs, right? Now, why is this interesting? Because the Grateful Dead made more money. And that's not something that people would guess. They would guess Taylor Swift, right? They would guess Taylor Swift. So everybody wants to be vanilla ice cream, everybody wants to be that thing that everybody knows about and everybody likes. But the difference between people who like vanilla ice cream and people who like this special flavor called pralines and crunch and this and that is the people who like that special flavor don't just like it. They love it. And then they have to talk about it all the time. The people who like vanilla ice cream are not saying to you, oh my God, do you ever, ever tasted vanilla ice cream? It's vanilla. It's so good. It's so good because it's not it's not a thing that is that sticky, right? It's not this niche nuance. Like, so there's something about making something and connecting with a person in this kind of way where that person feels you right there. Okay. So now I'm going to move into talking about the social media as just an example of this. Okay. When you're using social media, and this is the same thing across, I could talk to you for hours about this and how this applies to the way you podcast and the way you run a Facebook group and the way you um, nurture your email list. But I want to talk about it on social media for a second because it's it's something you guys have more familiarity with than podcasting right now. And it leads to your podcast, okay? And your podcast leads back to your Instagram and it goes back and forth like a beautiful, like a, a little bit of like a like a, a train that goes from you know point A to point B and it just keeps making those trips back and forth, okay? So you want to connect with people. And what most people do is they make great the enemy of good. And they think to themselves, well, I can't connect with 20,000 people today. So why should I even bother like doing anything? It's the complete opposite. If you can connect deeply and engage really, really engage with five people a day, that's better than trying to reach thousands of people. So since I started the podcast up until today, there is not a day that goes by that I don't have at least five real connections, five real conversations with people who listen to my podcast, with people who actually are on my social media. So when I started the Instagram account, I just knew intuitively that it's all about people. And I said to you yesterday, the word intimacy, everything is intimacy. Everything is intimacy. That's how we connect. So point being, if you're on, if you're on Instagram, okay, you should create a rule of thumb for yourself that every single day you connect with five people. What does that mean? It doesn't just mean like heart their thing right? It means if someone follows you, go into the DMs and send a, press the microphone. You can use it up to a minute and say, Hey, Michelle, I saw you just followed me. Welcome. I checked out your page. It seems like you have this really cute Labrador retriever. And that's awesome. My dad had one of those. Listen, I'm wondering like, you know, if you followed me because I was talking about how my baby just had his one-year-old birthday and like, you like the cake picture I I showed, or did you actually hear my podcast? Either way, just wanted to say hi, and I'd love to hear more about you. And start a conversation. Ask her and see what she says. She might say, yeah, I do have a Labrador Retriever." Maybe somebody else is in your feed and actually comments like, love that because you posted something about being healthy. So then instead of just saying thanks, DM that person and say, Hey, Kelly, I saw that you commented. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that, right? Because most people are always like, I don't get enough engagements. Like, How often do you engage with other people? So you could say in the DMs, hey, Kelly, I saw that you commented. I just looked at your feed. No wonder you liked that thing I did about health. It looks like you make these green smoothies. Tell me more about you. Tell me more about your green smoothies. Because here's what happens. If you go back and forth with people, even if it's just five people a day, and you actually speak into them, you speak life into people and you care and you listen, those are people who become advocates. That's you, that's you building your network for life. And now I'm gonna teach you something that's going to blow your mind, okay? So my friend Britt Morin was one of the first people to work at Facebook. And then she also worked at Apple. She's been in Silicon Valley a long time. And during the pandemic, she actually raised over $100 million for a venture capital fund that funds women owned businesses. So let's give it up for Brit. That's unbelievable. Well, she told me that when she was working at Facebook, there was a one in the early days, Mark Zuckerberg came into a meeting and said, Oh my God, buckle up. You all have stock options, and the company is going to be evaluated at billions. And she's like, how, how do you figure that? Like we have like 40 users. And he said, because we are now seeing that our virality rate is 1.3. I'm going to explain this. I want you to really hear me. This is a major paradigm shift. So she says 1.3. She says, what does that mean, Kathy? She's explaining this to me. She said, it meant that every person who used Facebook so enjoyed it that they Had to, they couldn't help but tell 1.3 people. So that's not even two people, it's 1.3. And he said, we're done. Like, it's gonna be a monster. Like, it's done. Now, I want you to think about what they call the R factor with COVID, right? We've all been looking at this for a while. It's one. When the scientists say, That the number is one, they say we're doomed, the hospitals are going to be filled. What does it mean? It means that one person is spreading it to one person. So, really get this for a second. What does it mean to grow the most engaged, powerful, buzzworthy 24 million in four years? One. But I want you to understand it's not just one person who follows you. That's not it. It's one person who has such an engaged experience that they have to tell one other person. So it's one person that you affect that gets so much out of this conversation. It's when they zig, you're not zigging, you're zagging. You're looking right at that one person. And then they turn around and they're like, holy crap. I have to tell my friend, I have to call my friend, Carl. He's going to be obsessed with her. I have to. Okay. So really get this. So when I started my podcast and I'm speaking into that microphone Every time I recorded, I I made a decision that if I could be really present and stop thinking about myself and I could affect one person who was listening and they could feel the sincerity, I knew that that one person would tell one person. And I knew if that one person told one person that I would be sitting here talking to you and telling you that this is an eight figure business. Tell me if you get that. Tell me if you fully received what I just said. So we have to understand that all those people who make a lot of white noise on the internet and like look over here, get your social media funnel going and and attract and this it's not working. Because it's not intimacy. It's not engagement. It's the opposite of that. And when that's what you're thinking has to happen, you're going to spend a lot of money you don't need to spend. And you are going to waste a lot of time. And you're going to keep coming up short. And then you're actually going to be convinced that life actually is doggy dog. It has to be so much harder than it has to be. No, it's the opposite. It's so simple that we miss it. It's today, before the sun goes down, how many human beings can you affect? If the answer is five, get going. Get to it. And don't just kind of affect them. Make them stop in their tracks and go, that was the most refreshing conversation. And love people. Love people without needing them to earn your love. Give your love away. Real love. People can feel when it's real. And care about them. And ask them more about themselves. And support them. And do it every single day. And make it a habit. And don't just say you're going to do it. Make it an actual, tangible, concrete thing that you do. So you do the podcast every day, you show up even if four people are on there, but you don't just kind of show up, you show up so much that the four people who would come to my Facebook group when I just started, they loved it so much that they had to tell someone else. And then that person had to tell someone else. And then it was just like COVID went around the world so fast. Okay. So. Why I said, by the way, the DMs is because you are working with an algorithm on Instagram and that algorithm is not necessarily in your favor, okay, because there's a lot of people using the app. So the algorithm will show 5% only of the people who follow you, what you post. However, if you don't just post, but you actually also DM with a person The algorithm recognizes that and says, they're actually friends. They're not just commenting with like a heart on a feed post. There's a conversation going on. So the algorithm will register that and then push your content up. They'll say, this person uses this app in a way where they're actually engaging with people. We're pushing their content forward. Who's getting this? So, we need to create engagement. We need to stop trying to be Taylor Swift and vanilla ice cream. We need to try to be the Grateful Dead. We need to be able to stop shooting ourselves in the foot by overestimating all the ways we'll never be able to do this, all the reasons it'll never work. And instead, you've been underestimating drastically what you can get done in a day, and you need to actually do it. So, you can start by commenting on five people's stuff a day. And don't just comment, great, nice shirt, ask a question. And you can also DM that person and say more about what you wanna know more about and ask a question. And there's, there's honestly so much more to talk about with this, um, but I wanna move on to the next piece. And I wanna also ask Colleen if she has something to say, but I will tell you, this is why I mentioned before that I have students. This is why I teach things for longer than boot camps. And by the way, I know that so many of you, and I hope you're feeling it right now, I know that so many of you are going to come through this free boot camp and say, I can't believe that was free because it was so invaluable. I'm I'm so happy about that, and we also have programs. So if you're feeling like you are drinking out of a fire hose right now, and some of you are gonna be like, "Kathy, you're not my girl, I'm not feeling it." That's fine. I get it. I no one can be everyone's flavor, and I get that this might not be your flavor. But for those of you who are like, "You're so my person," and I'm drinking out of a fire hose, and I'm feeling anxiety because there's so much information, and I want more. We do have a whole class on podcasting that is an eight-week program that you will get to hear about. I'm going to talk about it later in the week so you can know about it. But I'm hoping that the information right now, that's why I'm trying to pause so you can digest. Okay. And, and, And this is the reason why people should find people who they want to learn from because the best way to get from here to here, from point A to point B, is to find someone who's done it and listen and take notes and actually study it because we waste a lot of time spinning our wheels. right? So I will be talking to you about my longer program for those of you who want to hang out with me, but I do want to go into as much as I can and we're not even close to being done. So are you guys feeling good? Colleen, is there anything else that you want to say about any of this before (laughs) we move on? Yeah. I think the most powerful thing is
1: you know, typically, if we were thinking of promoting, say a podcast or an episode for our show on social media, people think like, oh, just drop the link, like just say like, oh, new episode drop, new this, new that. And if you listen to everything Kathy's saying, it's about that intimacy, the connection, the engagement. So get creative, right? Like you could put a story in your, you know, your Instagram where, I don't know if you had Madonna on, you could be like, did you love her with blonde hair better or dark hair better? And then be like, By the way, she was on the show today. You know, have you listened yet? And so you can make there be like playful and fun and engaging aspects around what you're doing without it just needing to be direct promotion. And that's what people are going to respond to and it's going to feel different.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And that's why, frankly, I mean, that's why we do teach an eight week class because we want to teach you how to use certain tools like. How do you create polls in your stories and use them consistently? How do you create a Google form? And there's like nuances, of course. It's just like, you can like learn chess from YouTube or you could actually study chess and then you become a master of like really understanding how to make those moves. And so there's more, but I I, I am gonna be giving you as much of that as I can in this time because this is just so fun. Um, I wanna talk about, Another way that you build an engaged audience, right? So I think some of those strategies on Instagram really are very cool. I think some of those strategies, creating that Facebook group ahead of time, engaging with people is really cool. But also in the content you create, I want you to know two things, okay? It's a, this is what I've learned, you know, over the last almost five years. There is a balance between being someone that people see themselves in, and also being someone that someone wants to be. But it's not really one or the other. And I think that we usually make it be one or the other. So there's a lot of like those faux, fake influencers where it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it's a little hard to digest, right? When someone's just always like taking selfies and whatever, that's not required. You know, that doesn't really create intimacy and engagement. It's awesome when you're more yourself. For instance, how many times have you seen one of those YouTube videos where there's a mom in the car, right? And she's just ranting about like, get my kids back to school. I can't take it. I can't, right? You know, all that stuff we love those. Right. And they get millions of views and she's just in the car with her messy bun. And you're like, I'm, I'm feeling you. So that's, that's something right. You, in order for you to create intimacy and engagement, you want to be a little bit open. Right. I always say like, cause my husband is not, he's much more like socially uncomfortable than I am. I'm like, hello. I like just assume this, like, Let's be friends, kind of a thing. And he's like, Well, how how do you do that? Like, how is it that like every time we leave somewhere, people are like, I, I love talking to her. I, I can't believe how much I told her. I told her so much about my life. I say, because usually I start by saying, I say something that's a little bit vulnerable. Like maybe I'm sitting down and I meet somebody at a party and I'm like, you know, instead of saying, How do you know so and so? I say something like, Oh my God my husband and I argued the entire way here. How are you? How's your evening? Like I'll break the ice by saying something honest. Right. And the person will either laugh or be like, you know, oh my God. Yeah, I get it. That happens. I'm like, and now we're going to pretend like we're great, you know, like something like that. And then there just becomes this level where the person goes, oh, I get it. We're doing that. We're we're we're, out, we're actually here at the table, so I do think that being a little bit yourself, open to that more vulnerable, honest, letting go of the shame, being yourself is a way that your guests are going to feel relaxed. I've had people come on my show, um, not famous people and famous people who say, "I love coming on your show because I don't feel from you that you're so worried about you being perfect." So then I feel like I can just actually really talk to you. And then it really is true. My producer can tell you, you can even hear it on our shows. People will say, that was one of my favorite conversations. Like we really talked. And when I'm doing the interview, I'm really thinking about listening. Like instead of just like, asking another question. Have you ever been watching an interview and you're actually tense because the person says, so where did you grow up? And the person's like, Oh, you know, I grew up in Louisiana. It was really hard. My dad died when I was like four. And I remember those days walking with him. And then the interviewer goes next question. So in college and you're like, Oh my God, did you, did you hear what that person just said? Like, that's so not intimate right so i tend when i'm interviewing someone to not script my questions i tend to have an idea of like who this person is what books they wrote or you know what their dreams are what they love to talk about but i just listen and then i will usually say i will offer When that person says something, I'll be like, oh, I totally relate to that. You know, like when I was growing up, this or that, and then guess what? Yeah. Now it's more of a real conversation and then they'll respond. And then I will respond to what they said rather than having an agenda. And if you take that stance, not just with your podcast guests, but with your podcast listeners, and you have those kinds of conversations every day, not only are you going to create that engagement. But you're going to learn a lot about who your listeners are, which is going to help you figure out what the next show should be about. You're going to start to hear patterns like, you know, I'm doing this show on dogs and it really is true. All of these people I talked to, the majority of them rescued their dogs. So that's interesting because maybe we should have conversations. Somebody should come on and talk a little bit more about rescuing animals or ways that we can get people involved because it seems like that's such a, a, a passion for my listeners. It helps you show up for your listeners. And I want to just tell you really quickly something that's just phenomenal, which is my friend, Jamie Kern Lima, she recently sold her business called It Cosmetics for 1.2 billion. We're we're throwing this billion word around a lot over the last couple days. And it was amazing because she created the skincare line, It Cosmetics, and she was told no by every person. You know, it's the same old story. She was a waitress at Denny's, And she had skin rosacea and she was always so embarrassed and nothing ever worked for her. And so she started like making her own stuff at home, making tubes of it. And she got this like feeling of excitement. Like maybe I could do something with this. Maybe this could get me out of like my, my little life. I could do something powerful for other people, but it was all doors closed. No, 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 no. And she was turned down from the home shopping network over and over and over again. And then finally she says to the the guy who runs it, she's like, you got to give me a shot. Please give me a chance. And he says to her, no one buys makeup from someone who looks like you. Like, you're not a size two, you know, you you just don't look like a model. I I don't think it's going to work, you know? And she goes in her car, she's crying, crying, crying. And she, he decides, he says, fine, I'll give you one shot, but you really should hire models. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose all your money because the way it works on the home shopping network is that, you have to have the product ready to be sold. And so she had to max out multiple credit cards, take a loan from the bank that she didn't even know how she pay back in order to just have enough product, which they told her was required to even get this little chance. And they told her that the way it works is since they don't have commercial breaks, they have to make a certain amount of money per minute. So if she didn't sell as many tubes as the as certain amount was by like a certain minute mark, they were just going to cut and bring on the next person. So- she decided to trust her gut and she walked out there and she spoke right to the camera and she was like, Hey, I know I don't look like a supermodel, but I'm Jamie. I've struggled with this my whole life. And I want to just show you, this is what my skin looks like. And this is what my skin looks like when I wear this. And I've, I've hid my, I've hid in so many ways in my life because of how bad I feel about myself. Like she told this whole story. And meanwhile, she was thinking like, I'm going to lose all this money today, but I'm just doing it. And within six minutes, a sign came up on the monitor that said sold out. She had sold 20,000 units in six minutes. She went on to be the most profitable thing ever to sell on the Home Shopping Network. And then she sold her company for $1.2 And I think that that kind of vulnerability is something that people don't often see. How many people right now who you listen to on Instagram, podcasters are people who you admire for being brave enough to be vulnerable? How many people can you think of? Well, when you open the door to this is who I am and this is what it is and you have that courage, it goes such a long way. So I think that this is something that we have to, Get that it's not about being perfect, but it's about being really present and being present when you talk to people and being present when you're, you know, sharing. And it just moves mountains. I mean, when I did, I talked about Howard Schultz yesterday. When I had Howard Schultz on the podcast, he was telling me the story of how he grew up in public housing. And then, you know, he wound up starting creating Starbucks. They now have 34,000 stores. He's a billionaire. Again, that B word. But he came from very, very, very little. And his mother said to him, because they lived at the last stop of the L train in Canarsie, Brooklyn. And she used to say to him, when they lived in this tiny little public housing tenement, she used to say, This might be the last stop of the L train, but this is not your last stop. She used to say, You don't get off here. And he told me that, and I started to cry. And then he started to cry. And he goes, you know, I've told that story so many times, but no one ever really heard it until you just heard it. And he goes, I'm, I don't usually cry. And then we had this conversation and I said to him, Howard, I said, I literally said to him, you can hear it on the podcast. I said, there's an old like tale that when God was going to create people, the angels said, don't do that. You know, people will ruin everything because just cab angels, angels are perfect. And God said, no, I want to create people because he said to the angels, you just watch what people could be. Even if they have the free will to do bad, they could be, they could do such good things. And I said, look what you did. Like you started off in this place where Jewish family services used to bring them food because they were so below the poverty line. And then now you're one of the richest people who's ever lived. You give healthcare to anyone Who works at starbucks you give people college education and we're both crying and it was see people miss the opportunity because we're always it's like being on a date and instead of the person looking at you they're like looking over you and what else what else what else every time i do a podcast it's like that person is a world right and that conversation is a world and that conversation can be the portal to other people listening in and then going to their next level. And so it's always like, if I'm DMing with someone on Instagram, I'm all in. It's like, what do I have to receive from this person? What gift is here? What can I give to this person? If I'm doing a podcast, instead of thinking, I got to just keep making more podcasts like this. Okay. So I have this person on, but now I need 3000 other special people. It's like, no, because then those episodes they they're heard around the world in a different way. There've been so many times, including on that episode where the guests will say, can I have this audio? I want to use it for something. We, we just interviewed Mel Robbins and she, that episode will come out next week. And she said, I'm, I'm, I'm so into this. I can, I have this, can I use it? And I said, yeah. So why Because what's your value add proposition for people? Maybe you're not the fanciest, most celebrity person, but maybe you create such a safe space or maybe you care so much, or maybe you're so vulnerable or so present that they then become the better version of themselves or the conversation is so juicy or the way in which these two people are talking or the way in which you just spoke is so different because when they zig, you were zagging. Are you starting to get what I'm saying? Okay. So who's excited? We're nowhere close to being done. We're going to announce homework winners. We're coming back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're talking about what? Who knows? We're talking about how to monetize a podcast. We're talking about how do you make money from a podcast, real amazing money that can provide for your family, that you can use for philanthropy, that you can send to help people around the world, that you can use to have beautiful clothes and beautiful things. We're talking tomorrow about monetizing. Type a one in the chat if you felt like you learned concrete, cool things today. Type a one in the chat if you felt like what we talked about today is really helpful and you're starting to look at things with new eyes. Tell us about that for a second and Colleen has the winners. And before she announces the winners, I want to say another thing about more winners. So we are going to do the same thing today that we did yesterday, meaning we're going to post homework from today's session. You're going to be asked questions like list three of your favorite podcasts. And what what is it about each one of those podcasts that makes you love them? How might you incorporate pieces of what you love in those podcasts into your own show? And the third question is, go look at social media feeds of your favorite podcasts. And what do you notice about how they promote an episode? Okay. Those are just a few questions. You're all going to do your homework, right? And then you're going to be put into a raffle. And then tomorrow, we're going to give away prizes as well. Beats headphones and Yeti microphones so there's more opportunities to win by just doing your homework. I want you to do your homework because you're already here. So you may as well get the most out of it. And when you do homework, when you take action, there's something psychological about putting pen to paper. You start to tell yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a doer and I'm doing this. And it starts to actually make this feel closer than it was the day before is this making sense? And thank you. I'm so glad you're saying that this has been fabulous and helpful and all those things. Well, tomorrow is going to blow your mind because we're going to talk about how you monetize a podcast. I'm going to sort of blow your hair back and talk to you about all the different ways that you can make money from your podcast. The following day, Thursday, I'm back. Same time. Um, And we're going to have two guests come on who both have fantastic, successful podcasts. And we're going to talk about monetizing the podcast. And they're going to talk to you about how they've monetized it in different ways. And that's going to be helpful. We'll take some Q&A also at the end. And then on day five, we'll be back here. So you can come right back here if you want. But we will also... With, with enough time for you to, to grab it. We'll also give you a Zoom link. So some of you will be, you see how me and Colleen are on Zoom right now? And we're streaming it into Facebook's Facebook group. We'll be. You'll be able to show up on Zoom, the first thousand of you, and I'll get to see you guys. We'll all be sitting there on the screen. And then if anybody doesn't show up on Zoom, it's fine, you can watch on here. So that's Friday. And that'll be sort of just like a round table for us to like talk and I'll be answering questions. My producer will be on to answer more questions. Because I want us, again... I want you to have that chance to have some more of that intimacy with me. And so that'll be a chance for you guys to do that. Who's excited? Mo just said it's 4 a.m. and I'm so glad I got up for this. Do you know what a compliment that is? That is so nice. All right. Well, it's 1108. i I've kept you over time and I really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. If you like this, Go ahead and take a screenshot right now of me and colleen you can come on over to my family on instagram i'm at kathy.heller kathy's going see and you can just go ahead and post this i posted a bunch of them i reshared a bunch of them yesterday but by posting about it and tagging me you will slide into my dms then not only will i be able to see like oh my god this person appreciated it but i can also say hello to you and i can reshare some of those and we can start to become more connected so go ahead and do that take a screenshot and tell people like, here's one thing that you learn. Maybe you'll be helping your audience by doing that. You can tag me at kathy.heller and I'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you guys for today. It was really fun.